Welcome to episode eight of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome to this week's episode. Hello again. I'm a bit excited this week. Are you? Yeah, because I've got a new microphone. Yes, yes, we, fingers crossed, it all goes well. I'm hoping that this new microphone will save me a lot of time in the post-production part of editing. I'm hoping this new microphone will save us from your stress levels that have been increasing with the previous wow. microphone. That's sharing the honest truth. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it is stressful because really, you know, all I have to do to edit is make sure that the audio sounds you know, clear and clean, and there was this constant little, you know, little feedback signs, and so anyway, been to good old JB Hi-Fi, I have a new mic, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. He's hoping it all turns out well. (laughs) So on to this week's episode, we have had an incredible heat wave, we feel like it is literally just following us. It's definitely following us, I mean, really, we picked it up, didn't we? We picked it up when we went out to Gainda and Mundabra and visited the pecan and blueberry farms, and then it's just followed us, or we followed it. It's literally been a constant 38 to 40 degrees, just tracking along behind Orange, our caravan. Mm, Anyway, uh, look, that's easy for us to deal with. The farmers certainly, almost seems like across Australia, are suffering terribly with this drought. It's, It's an incredible impact on people. Well, drought and a heat wave too are just two things that I don't think anybody wants to experience at the same time. But, um, yeah, I, I am looking forward to moving closer to the coast and some cooler, cooler temperatures, that is for sure. Jasper doesn't seem too bothered by it at all, though, does he? He's just getting on with it. As long as there's dirt and places for him to play, he is happy. <laughs> Kids are more adaptable. Fortunately, though, we the place that we've been staying at is uh, this wonderful caravan park called Lake Maraboon Holiday Village, mm-hmm. and it has a pool. So, Yeah, that's always an added bonus. And if we cannot find a pool, something that we did and purchased very early on to bring away in the caravan with us, mainly for times when we needed to bath Jasper if there weren't any facilities, was a a really big, I think it's like a 62-litre tub from Bunnings and um, it's awesome it just lives in the in our shower and we whip it out when we need to for bath time but Jasper's had a few um, soaks in the in the tub in this heat wave as well. I think it's called a flexi tub it's pretty cool as well because it catches the water that we're you know using in the shower and feel like we get a little bit more use out of it if we're not plugged into a main water system. Oh, definitely. I mean, remember, I even threw it out under the awning when we had that rare rain in Puna when we were staying there that we needed so desperately to fill the water tanks. And I threw the flexi tub out under the awning and it filled up within about five minutes. So (laughs) many uses. So we are staying in this wonderful park right on Lake Maraboon. And it is quite a remarkable lake. It's actually Queensland's second largest lake. Mm -hmm. And currently it uh, is only at 14.5% of its capacity. That's really quite hard to believe when you see how huge and epic this lake is. That's right. And at its full capacity, 
it can hold three times the amount of water as Sydney Harbour. I think it would be quite overwhelming, actually, seeing the lake at 100% capacity because it was already huge at 14%. It's hard to even fathom how big it would be and how full it would be if it was at the 100%. I'm not quite sure how it gets back to 100%. Is that a lot of rain that's required or...? Well, I think originally they expected it to take a few years to fill up when they first right. dammed uh, this particular lake, and I think it's called Fairban Lake. It's Fairban Dam, yeah. Fairban? Fairburn. Fairban, B-A-I-R-N. Try saying that quickly. Yeah, if you know how to pronounce it, let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they expected it to take, I think, three seasons, and, and it filled, I think, in one. They oh, had a wow. massive... Uh, wet season when it was first established and and it filled it so how incredible hopefully they get more rain because they certainly need it but you can see the size of it particularly on some of the drone shots that i've taken mm. i mean there's people down there water skiing jet skiing uh scooting around in their boats uh we tried kayaking oh that was an epic fail but major to be, to be fair the conditions uh, we didn't realise how windy it was actually down on the lake when we decided we would give our give our hand at kayaking. Uh, we lasted possibly five minutes, do you think, with all three of us in the kayak? And I was then... I was the first to evacuate. <laughs> you left us, <laughs> um, but it wasn't easy even with Jasper and I in the kayak. The wind and the the current that was pulling on the lake was just. It was just impossible to kayak. So there you have it. Jasper's first kayaking experience was an epic fail. Hopefully we can uh, we can redeem ourselves somewhere <laughs> in the not-too-distant future. I think with the older kids uh, that could, you know, get on the other end of the paddle w would have been fine. I think it was having the three of us in the actual kayak mm. that made it uh, extra difficult. Yeah, it wasn't the best day, that's for sure, <laughs> but it certainly is a Boaties Paradise. Mm. Um, they also stock the lake uh, with, I believe it's eight different species of fish, mm -hmm. uh, golden and silver perch, and also what it is known famously for, which is the red claw crayfish. And mm -hmm. um, the other um, main fish they stock there is barramundi. Barramundi, of course. Yes. Now, the red claw, uh, we had no idea what red claw is, and, and basically it, it is just a large crayfish that has, in our opinion, what we got to try, uh, a similar flavour to a Morton Bay bug. Mm, yeah, really similar. Um, not a... Very not mild. A, that's right, not a strong flavour. Mm -hmm. um, and it almost looks... Well, it does. It looks the same. Yeah, on, on its tail end. Mm. That's right. And um, full of meat. And so they're famous for the Red Claw. They're famous for Red Claw pizza. And I was very fortunate because we met our neighbours in the caravan in the site next to us, Ron and Lynn, and Ron invited me out to take part in red clawing. We left, I think it was about 5.30 in the morning, and you just scooted down. It's only five minutes down to all well, the boat ramp. You really just back your boat down onto, onto the lake. The lake. Yeah. yeah, and there's probably about another half a dozen 
guys staying at the caravan park with boats that they strap on top of their four-wheel drive, you know, in front of their caravan. So these guys are pretty well kitted up, which made it very easy for me just to, uh, you know, get get a ride really and to experience the red chlorine. We scooted out about five kilometres uh, up around into the one uh, another area of the lake and pulled up, I think you're allowed four of these opera house nets, very sim- similar to crab, crab pots. pots. Mm. And we pulled up quite a haul. I think we, we had at least a dozen in the, in the nets and very generously we got back to camp. I got back to camp. Lynn cleaned them up, boiled them up, kind of blanched them really. Right. And gave them to us. And so then we were able to cook them on the camp kitchen that night and we created what we've called, or what Katie called, a Maraboon Burger. The famous Maraboon Burger. Oh, it's, it'll be in restaurants all over <laughs> Maraboon. <laughs> well, to be fair, Lynn and Ron um, are Harvey Bay locals, and they frequent Lake Maraboon, the holiday village there, a couple of times a year, I think. And yeah, they've three been times a year. And they've been going there um, for quite a few years now. So, you know, if we were ever to meet Red Claw experts, they <laughs> are the ones, you know, you had... You had a VIP treatment with Red Claw experts. It was really fantastic. And the burgers were delicious. They were. It was it was really lovely. I, I'm, I don't know if I say I'm a bit wussy when it comes to trying new things. I'm always a little bit, but they were really lovely. They were really beautiful. And, of course, I think when you um, – catch and eat something fresh like that mm. when you you know fresh fish or fresh red claw you can't beat it there's nothing better than than enjoying something that is freshly caught exactly and we have that recipe for the maraboon famous maraboon burger Ooh, yeah. on our youtube channel on the episode that we created around Lake Maraboon and Emerald and the uh, the surrounding sapphire gem fields, which we'll talk about next. And so I'll put the time code for that in the show notes so you can jump straight to that if you fancy a bit of Red Claw Burger. I um, had a, a message that I saw on Facebook uh, from a mate who asked about Red Claw farming Red Claw, and I think that's a brilliant idea. I mean, there, there is, I, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of red claw in that lake. Wow. Well, oh, I didn't meet anyone who didn't come back and go, oh, I didn't have a good day today. And they're coming back with with hauls of, of red claw. It's incredible. Wow. Fascinating. Well, and I suppose in a lake that size, there would you would imagine that there would be a plethora mm-hmm. of fish <laughs> and red claw. So, I mean, we certainly saw loads of people out on their boats fishing, um, people specifically go and stay there to enjoy the lake. And, I mean, why wouldn't you? It was just a really was wonderful recreation area. Definitely. Um, with, with really great facilities. And that was a perfect base for us, the the holiday village. Was... Oh, to explore the surrounding areas. Mm. Absolutely. And something else they actually serve only at <laughs> Lake Maraboon <laughs> Holiday Village is Red Claw Draft Beer. Mmm, and you did try that as well, didn't you? Yes, not a red claw in sight. It was, it was just a beer, uh, and fine. All the locals drank it, so it was good. Mm. I had a cheers with a couple of the locals and enjoyed the red claw. So make sure you do that 
if you go. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. And I have to say, the late Maraboon Holiday Village, family-owned and operated business, they were so welcoming. They were so lovely. It, it did have that family vibe to it. Um, it's a it's a great campsite in a natural bush setting. Elevated up overlooking the lake. Oh, it was just picture perfect we were put down in what they refer to as the naughty corner and i'm not 100 percent sure we must we must ask them next time we're there yeah how the naughty quarter got it naughty quarter <laughs> wow i'm gonna leave that in <laughs> we were put down in the naughty corner i'm not 100 percent sure how it got its name we'll have to ask next time we're there but um the views over the lake were just beautiful and the sunsets outstanding I know. I was able to send the drone up on a couple of different occasions to capture that sunset, and the the footage is incredible. Oh, just beautiful. And the stars, it really was a really lovely, very relaxing environment to be in. And like you said, a great base for us to explore. There is so much else to do in that region. Yes, so we used it as a base, and our first stop was the next major town, Emerald, only 17 kilometres down the road. And Emerald had everything we needed to refuel, restock the pantry and fridge, and we did explore a bit around the town as well. It has a beautiful heritage-listed railway station, and it is on a major train line, does a lot of coal and cattle trains. And something else really fascinating about Emerald is that it has... In the park behind the Visitor Information Centre, a giant, and I mean giant, I'm pretty sure it's 25 metres high, superstructure of a Van Gogh sunflower painting. You mm. have to see it to believe it, really. It is massive. And I was able to fly my drone and get some incredible shots of this uh, literally giant painting. Yeah, and um, it... I mean, I know that the sunflower painting was put there to celebrate or to recognise, I should say, um, that the Central Highlands is a major sunflower producer, but it is also part of something bigger, isn't it, Paul? That's right. There's seven different uh, countries around the world that are part of this concept to have a giant replica painting placed within their city and emerald just happens to be one of those places. There you go. Random but cool. <laughs> and it was right behind the Visitor Information Centre. And just as a point there, to stop into your Visitor Information Centres, whether it's rural, on the coast or wherever they are, and say hello to the, the people behind the counter. They're generally volunteer-led. They're always true characters, true locals. They know everything about the town, the surrounding mm -hmm. area, the history, the best pub, the best mm -hmm. pub meals, where your facilities are, and just wonderful people, wonderful characters. Another fantastic place we explored was the Sapphire Gem Fields. And as soon as I knew that we were headed towards Emerald, I was pretty excited to get out there and actually see for myself, well, one, what it would look like, but also the opportunity to, I guess, fossic for gemstones and sapphires in particular was pretty exciting. Um, I have to say everything is so dry because of the drought. So it's a really interesting landscape out there and really diverse. You can be driving down the road and 
you know, there's some of the more, I suppose, touristy uh, places that you can stop in and fossick. And next door are the actual humpies, the plots of land or claims that are being lived on by individuals or families who make this their livelihood. It's really interesting to see. And we stopped in, well, we were tipped off actually by the gorgeous Amanda at Takaraka in Carnarvon Gorge to go and visit Miner's Heritage out in Rubyvale. And gee, it was excellent, wasn't it? It sure is. It is the largest working sapphire mine in the Southern Hemisphere. It was amazing. I don't know what I even expected sapphire mining to even look or feel like, but it was an incredible experience to get the tour down into the mine and really see how it was done. Yeah, wasn't it an education for all of us? And Jasper was so wonderfully included by Jen, our tour guide, a very passionate uh, lady, a local who works at Miners Heritage. And she was getting him to hold the torch, mm-hmm. look for the gemstones in the actual rocks and sharing such wonderful stories of the family history of this mine. They have a great history room there on site down in the mine and it shows you some of the incredibly huge gemstones <laughs> that have been found. It gives you a little bit of hope actually, but it's so <laughs> fascinating. And I just couldn't believe... I don't know, when you think about, okay, we're going down into a mine, immediately my brain goes to it's going to be dark, it's going to be dusty, is it going to be safe? This was clean, it was beautifully lit, it couldn't have been any safer for us down there in that mine. It was a fantastic experience and to top it all off, Jen let us know at the very start of the tour that there was a colony of micro bats and these babies are so gorgeous. They're about the size of a little mouse with wings. They are just divine. And these micro bats live in the mine and so they sleep during the day and they all, they huddle all in together and create this cute little furry ball that just sits on the ceiling (laughs) and they fly out of the mine at night to feed and their favorite food subsequently is mosquitoes we love them we We definitely need a microbat in the caravan in orange (laughs) to help us with our mosquitoes as we travel around but that was so awesome and they were literally above our head we could have put our hands up and touched them that was a definite highlight it was great and jasper too he just well, he was a bit freaked out when Jen first mentioned the microbats at the start of the tour. He basically asked me every two seconds for about mm, 15 minutes, where are the bats? Where are the bats? <laughs> but as soon as he saw the bats, he just couldn't get over it. He was all giggles and smiles and just thought they were the cutest things he'd ever seen. And something fantastic about being underground is that it has an ambient temperature of 25 degrees Celsius all year round. Oh, that was a nice reprieve (laughs) from the 40 degree day that we were experiencing above ground. And we certainly felt it when we came back up, didn't we? Especially when you tried your hand at fossicking for sapphires. I know, but like you say, I had been lured (laughs) by these stories of epic finds and discoveries. So I, I purchased a bag of wash, got my instruction and then sifted through this bag of wash and got quite a nice little haul. You did get a very good haul. Nothing that you could 
probably cut. I think there was one in there that, but there would have been 12 different Ooh. gems, uh, a couple in particular, a really lovely blue one and a really lovely green Yeah, that's sapphire. right. Sapphires are not just blue, which is something that I learnt while we were out there. They do come in a range of colours, including yellow and orange and green. Um, and the bags of wash, it, I mean, it is a proper working mine. So this wash comes from the mines on site um so it's you know it's not a touristy gimmicky thing you can actually buy a bag of wash that has come out of the mine and find the sapphires like we did it was awesome which is great and look they were quite busy there would have been a you know another eight or nine people there with their buckets of wash mm -hmm. all participating in this all looking for their own treasure you were so much better at fossil king thank than you. i was yeah thank you uh, i thought you were going to say then the rest of them <laughs> uh, but they all they all had their own discovery and then you you go back inside to the the beautiful air-conditioned showroom, showroom yeah. where you can not only look at some of the incredible polished and cut gems but you can also get yours sorted through and they can say well what is actually sapphires and what isn't and they put in a little vial for you to take home and what a great experience so awesome that was excellent a real highlight definitely and again just the people that we are meeting incredible people in all of these places just salt of the earth really wonderful people with loads of stories so i think that has also been a highlight for me the people that we're meeting on this Absolutely. Trip. It has all been about the people, the history, about the people, and, you know, really it's just storytelling, people sharing their stories and... Making those connections. Yeah, what, what an incredible experience it's been. So next week we're off. We're headed to Rockhampton and we are inching our way closer to the coast and hopefully, hopefully some cooler temperatures. <laughs> look, I, I had a sneaky look at the weather app and it's at least 12 degrees. That's hard to believe, uh, 12 cooler. degrees, but we will take it and it will be awesome. It will be. Well, thank you again for listening and that's a good place to wrap this week's episode. Mm -hmm. We'd love you to connect with us on social media and our website and, of course, YouTube. Have you watched our videos? You should uh, watch our videos. Yes, get onto YouTube, punch in the Feel Good family. We do release a weekly episode of our Family Travel Australia Feel Good Adventures every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with everyone you know. Thanks again for listening. Dream big, look after your family. And happy trails.